Now tuning into Fandom Rant Radio. This week we'll be discussing M. Night's Superhero Trilogy. Clint is our host, we'll be diving into each film, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, giving you our overall opinions on the trilogy. Stay tuned. And we're back. Oh yeah. In black. But this is episode two of season three. We're starting off strong. Oh, yeah. I have uh, two of the boys with me for now. For now. For Jack, there might be, Jack uh, will be joining us later. There might be a fourth member. I got Maybe it. a fifth. You could probably figure out who that is. I got uh, Mr. Iceman, Devin, to my side. Hey, Dad. And across to me, I have the Rye Guy, a.k.a. Cautious Bean on several platforms. Also, (laughs) actually, I just changed my Instagram personal account handle. I changed it to ryan.xlsx. It's the extension file for an Excel spreadsheet. You should just do ladies man 227. (laughs) Are you ladies man 227? I was thinking about doing ryan.pdf file, but uh, I went with uh, Excel extension but anyways that is very off topic we are going to be talking about everyone's favorite or least favorite filmmaker depending on who you are and what films you've seen mm-hmm. talking about mr m night Shyamalan. oh man but oh yeah we are not here to criticize mr Shyamalan. actually this is mostly us praising him yeah because we are talking about his superhero trilogy which most people consider to be not the trilogy itself but one film in particular which we will talk about a modern masterpiece Mm -hmm. which i think we all know which i see in a lot of people's top 10 superhero films is this particular film which is very interesting because it's not it's not mainstream at all it's very underrated so let's get into this we are going to talk about unbreakable um, I'm just going to give a brief summary for the audiences just to catch them up or if they haven't seen the film. Right. The film is about... Uh, spoiler warning! Oh, yeah, yeah definitely spoiler big spoilers. Yeah, oh. Big spoilers. Big spoilers. A man played by Bruce Willis called David Dunn. He is involved into a catastrophic train accident in the beginning of the film which kills every single passenger on the train except for him. And he is left with no scratch. How can this be? We'll see. (laughs) But soon he is approached by a mysterious man called Eliza Prince, who owns a comic book. Eliza Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson, played by Samuel Jackson, who owns a uh, antique comic book store that he portrays as like an art gallery, not for kids. Fascinated by comics. Oh, but he uh, he approaches David, saying that he might be something more than human. No, like David Dunn is like Basically, your, he's like your average Joe. He he works nine to five. He like works he's at like the, the most stadium. normal guy. He has a family. He kind of has like family struggles. Has a son. Has a wife. Well, he's really just like. In- you could argue that it's a love story too, because him and his I wife are separated. 
And then, you know, over the course of the film, they you start to see how the relationship comes back together. If you knew nothing about this film, I'd be like, "Whoa, this is like a character-driven drama." Like this is Oh yeah. I would exactly. never look at this as a superhero. Maybe the ending uh that it's a superhero film. So basically the whole film is David Dunn figuring out that he is really a superhero and his weakness that is extraordinary. Spoiler, spo- yeah, extraordinary. Spoiler alert, his weakness is water. Yeah. Water is for cowards. Water makes you weak. Yeah. Which it's so cool how, if you've seen the movies how they display that. The main like theme in like Unbreakable is like finding your purpose, which is like I, that's why I love it so much. I think that's like really cool, even more than the superhero aspect because the guy David Dunn he even like has conversations with uh, Elijah saying like I I wake up in the morning and I'm always sad. Like I, I doesn't feel know like, his purpose. I feel like I'm just like not doing <laughs> the right thing and not what doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and yeah, it just explores. I think. Um, one of the biggest parts of this film, obviously, is the finding yourself aspect. And even then, um, just to tread back on that, that people wouldn't, like, going into this movie, people wouldn't know that this is a superhero film. I think, remember, um, the first time I watched it, I was actually five, I was watching it with my dad. And I was just like, oh my god, this guy is a superhero. And yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know, it's uh, the way M. Night directed it and sort of kind of going in the way that you didn't know it was a superhero film, and it actually is, It's it's very... I don't know. It's very heartwarming in a kind it of sense. It sticks out. It's very unique. It's That's such why a heartwarming movie. movie. And what I love so much about it is, spoiler alert, the villain is Samuel Jackson's character. Oh, my God. Who huge is spoiler. The, yeah. That, I, huge spoiler. Uh, <laughs> he's the total opposite alert. of our hero, David. And it's so cool to see how they both kind of find who they are in this world. And my favorite quote in the whole trilogy is in Unbreakable. And it's when, at the very end, when you find out that he's been orchestrating all these terrorist attacks to expose David's powers. That's a big spoiler. That's a a big Big one. one. Big spoiler. Oopsie. The quote where um, Elijah says, I know who I am because you know who you are. Now that we know who you are, I know who I am. I'm not a mistake. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, you oh. should probably skip this part. <laughs> oh, but we said a spoiler warning in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, we did. That's it's fine. fine. That's yeah, true. You're fine. Watch, watch all three of these movies before you listen to this, mainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah we should do that. But or, anyway, yeah. uh, another cool thing about, I don't know, this movie's, there's so many different cool things. I love the cinematography in this movie. Dude, the this- way that Shyamalan <sighs> does his shots is very clever. Okay. The b- very beginning is one of the coolest things because you learn so much about David Dunn, and it's like there's barely. There's very little dialogue. <laughs> it's a love story because the whole reason him and his wife are together is because he gave up football because he loved her. Mm-hmm. He has a bro. See, it's so cool about David Dunn is he's and he so, wasn't even injured. He's so relatable. Yeah, like, he's a yeah. broken guy. He's not this perfect, like Captain America, uh-huh. Superman. He's just he's a broken dude. He he does he barely has a relationship with his family. He has a, he's always depressed. He's has just, his his um. Oh. I think it has one of the best scenes I've ever seen and most suspenseful is when his son believes he's a superhero and holding the gun up to his dad. <laughs> that is probably one of the most intense scenes I've ever like I've it ever was seen. Pretty intense. I'll just shoot him once. I'll you won't die, him. you won't die, Dad. <laughs> Either that or the weightlifting scene. Oh, that was dude, cool. The weightlifting scene's that amazing. Was cool. Like did did you add more weight? No, did you take off the weight? Okay. Every added time more. he steps back and then he's like in the closet when he puts everything yeah. on. I lied to you. I added more weight. How what? much is it? 
And he looks at it. It's about 270. I just I, love I the like way. I like how he slowly discovers each of his abilities. And then the one with uh, how you can kind of like see glimpses of the past of what people have done by running into them. Yeah. Which is really cool. Oh, and another great scene is when Elijah's like, go test out your powers. And he walks into the train station and he's just like in the raincoat holding his hands out, oh, touching dude. people and like finding out different things that they've done. I thought that was so cool. Dude. And even the shots for that, it's like they, they highlight the, the person's clothing. It's very it's very color-oriented, which is very, yeah. very sly for Shaman. And you can tell he's put a lot of work into doing that because uh -huh. you, you could tell that everything that uh, that's associated with David Dunn is mostly green. Like, his color is green right. throughout the entire film. And then you notice that all of Elijah's colors is purple. Purple. So it's kind of like that real life comic book aspect. Yeah. They have you see the differences between them. I think that goes to the next thing we want to talk about is how this is important in the comic book world. Oh my God, this is probably I, I'll go along saying this. This is probably the most grounded superhero film probably ever. Oh, it's man. also probably besides Catwoman by Halle Berry. Oh yeah, most definitely. We'll never <laughs> we'll and, never stand up to that. And, and Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah. but. This film is most grounded superhero film ever. Um, it's also came out in 2000, before the huge before Raimi's. It's actually even before the first uh, X Men came out. Was too. it? And uh, it was, and the Hulk. Oof. <laughs> the one with Eric Bana. Yeah, yeah, remember that? I think oh. it's just such a great film because they're superheroes, but you really relate with them. It's not like X Men where it's like, mm. oh, whoa, he has closet comes out of his hands. You really relate with each one of them, really. Elijah yeah. and David Dunn. And the thing I think what makes it greater is that it's just not it's not just a superhero film. It's David finding his place in the world and trying to be happy again. Yeah. It's not just that aspect. And I think that's what makes the best superhero film. That's why films I think anybody can watch films. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than just Fighting bad guys and doing what's right. Big it's about CGI fights. It's mostly about trying to find yourself and where right. you're supposed to be in this world. Exactly. That's the biggest part of the, the film. whole movie. Like we'll see in Split and Glass, the whole <laughs> movie builds up to the last ten minutes, where you find that all mm -hmm. play out. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if we're gonna and talk so about rewarding, the we're gonna twist, talk about the big twist in Unbreakable. Oh yeah, well, and I was gonna say the if we're gonna talk about David, we gotta talk about. Uh, Samuel Jackson as Eliza Price. Oh, Probably my favorite second, role. Second best performance. Only uh, only because Pulp Fiction is his Pulp most Fiction. iconic. But it's, it's so dude, good. It's just like, because Samuel Jackson usually plays a different version of himself. So it's refreshing to see him as this. Because I don't see him as Sam. I see him as Elijah Price in yeah, this movie. He's very he's iconic. He's so unique. Yeah. He's the star of the film, honestly. Yeah. And the one oh, yeah. thing that I love about it is that he has uh, Osteoporophis Imperfecta, which is basically, he has Form 1, and Marie says it, which basically, basically makes his bones easy to break, like paper thin. Right. Yeah. It's like you push him, you'd break his arm and everything like that. Even the small details, I noticed that uh, in his car, oh, everything's, his, everything's like uh, proofed for yeah. his, even the steering wheel, oh. all the metal. The scene where he falls down the stairs. Oh, that oh. hurts. But what makes it even better is that even though he's physically like very brittle, his character is very confident mm -hmm. and very strong. That I think it's so cool. I think even then the the first scene with the train scene with um with David, you know that it tells a lot about his character. Yeah. I think the scene where it's equivalent. the uh, the equivalent where he's talking to the guy about selling the art piece. 
I think that also tells a lot about him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just almost just as much. But it's just he just comes off as very confident, uh clever, and kind of a little mm-hmm. bit cocky. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys hit it spot on. Like in M Night's films, it's very different from other films where it takes at least <clears throat> a good hour for you to really okay, I I I know this character. I know their intentions, I know them. But from the beginning of the scene with the train with David, you you already know him. The yeah. different gestures and the things he says and the way the camera moves, you you feel like you already know who he is. Yeah. Same thing with This Elisha. is a different character for Bruce Willis too. Because yeah. like he usually plays like the charismatic, wisecracking guys, he like, you know, die hard and all of the other movies he's played in. But this one he just he he's like he doesn't have as much dialogue. But it, he just does it so convincingly as David Dunn. It's hard to explain, but like he, he just plays that character perfectly. It's like um he doesn't need to say much to know what you know what he's feeling, yeah. and that's yeah. what I love about it. He has such yeah. very strong body language, and I also do want to touch briefly on um dude Spencer Tree Clark as his uh, as his son. Really dude, good he jo- as Joseph. Dude, yeah. he was great in the movie. And his relationship, gladiator. his relationship with Bruce Willis is so awesome. Yeah. Like the scene when uh, the day after he saves the family from the uh, the janitor guy who yeah. has him locked up, and um, his dad shows him the picture in the magazine that was like Matt Overseer, hooded the Overseer, and then he's like, "That's me," and his son starts crying. Dude, dude that, his dad, I, I tear up in that part. It's so cool Every because his time. son believes in his, him, but he doesn't believe himself. But yeah. It's and then they eventually I like gets their relationship. Full round. Yeah, and then we'll explore more of that in Glass. Because and then it, their their yeah. marriage gets resolved. I like. I actually think there's a there's subplots in this movie, but the coolest part about it is that they all tie in together. It's like one tree with exactly. Roots. Like I'm exactly. I'm, I'm usually not a fan of way too many subplots because I think that's <laughs> annoying. Mm-hmm. But like in this movie, it's like everything perfectly ties up together in the end, and I, I that's why this movie. I I I really do like the other two movies, but this one can honestly stand alone, and it was oh, no. extremely great. And for the longest time, it did stand alone too. Like we yeah. never knew we were yeah. gonna get a sequel to it. But um, it took seventeen years for Split, and you didn't even know. I know until the end. Yeah, which yeah. we will get to. But uh, I want to go over our favorite parts of the film, each individually. I've already shared mine, so you guys can skip me, honestly. Do you want to do, do you want to do yours? My my favorite part was easily just train station where he's holding on his arms. That's a really cool part. That's yeah. a cool part. You want to say yours or you want to say mine save yours for last? Yeah, I'll save mine for last. All right. Uh mine's two, but I, I think I know what Clint's is, so I'll say my other one. My favorite part, because it's just like dude, major like chills and everything, is when uh David Dunn, after after he was in the station. He uh he follows this guy because he killed this guy for his house, and so he investigates and he's like, whoa, wow, oh, yeah. So he follows this guy home, and th- this guy I don't even know what he is. He's gendered, it's a complete the or- psychopath. Orange man, the orange yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, he's just the known as the orange man Back with the colors. And um, you find out that uh, there was two. I think the two daughter, a daughter and her friend, were having like a sleepover. I guess I I think they allude to that, and they got tied up and then he finds the wife and then david dunn is like in the bedroom and then orange uh the the orange man pushes him out and then he falls into a pool not just any pool one with a cover (laughs) on it and he rolls up in the cover so i'm like dude 
That because, alone is just scary. So it's like, what? Oh, how is he going to get out of this? He could barely get out of any kind of water. And then you see like the pole um, go into the water, and then you see him step out into the two kids. And then it's just like that score boosting, and then it, him walking out. And it's like he overcome, he overcame his like his biggest weakness. His kryptonite. His kryptonite. Yeah, I think. And he does the longest chokehold. <laughs> I just have one thing to say: Does David Dunn not take showers? No, I think he does. I think the water thing is very confusing, but we'll, I think- I'll talk about it later because <laughs> yeah. like, when we get yeah. the glass. But um, I don't know. I love that. Dude, the, the scene where it's like like where you said like the longest chokehold in movie history. I just love that oh, shot. Because he, can't, can't, he can't break it. And He's holding on to him. And it's the, it's the shot slowly going up. And then the orange man is trying his best to like That's get him off. No, dude. No, no, no. But he can't. Well, he's uh, – David Dunn is like – on top of his head, hanging on he it. He can't break He's that. like a cape on yeah. it. Yeah. That's probably like the strongest chokehold in the world. And he, and the guy's doing everything in his, like, everything possible. Him. Like, and he that, even, he grabs his arm and does the... guy's choking the, for oh, a good... That guy's a huge dude. He He's was at choking, least like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, choking for a good 45 seconds. And it took it, but he, he can't break him because David is... Un- Breakable. Oh, dude, there's gonna be so many puns in this episode. Oh, dude, I cannot wait to play oh, the music God. behind oh, all this. Oh, yeah. I want to say one last thing before you get to your favorite part is that this is one of my favorite and most underrated scores. Oh, dude. James Newton Howard is so bleeping amazing in this. This is him at his best. And he, he actually does a lot of movies. He does all of Shyamalan's movies for the mm-hmm. most part, I think, for exception of like Split and uh, Glass. But he even did Batman Begins, too. Yeah. He did a lot of new, but I don't know. It's just like, it fits so much the movie where it's like, it's hopeful. It's like this melancholy like tone. It's I like, just, it's I a love feel, it. it's a, it's like the only, I listen to it all the time. It's like the only superhero movie. That's a feel good movie. It's like, um, good, good will hunting or like, um, yeah, it's like, it's a drama, you know, not, like a movie you walk action, out and you feel different nonstop. Yeah. It's like you learn something about yourself. That's why. That's why it's it. one of my favorite superhero movies because it, it's different from the rest. Oh yeah, it stands I, out. Yeah, but um, I actually have. I want to hear well, dyslexic's favorite part. Let's hear. I, it. I have two, but one of them, but out. my but my second one kind of ties into the ending of the film, and I do want to talk about that before oh, we go on. That end scene. But my first one, Ryan touched on it a little bit, is the scene the day after. Where uh, oh. David's sitting at the table, and it's him and his wife. They're holding hands. You can see that the relationship's gone. It's back it's on track. Better. And you just, I love it. You go in the perspective of Joseph, and he just goes, sits down at the table, grabs the orange juice, pours milk, and all of a sudden you see a newspaper oh. slide over. And then like he reads it, and it's the, like the overseer, the strange man saves two two girls, suspect in custody, and. It's just him looking at it, and just throughout the entire film, it's him telling his dad, like, I know you're a superhero, and it's his dad saying no, it's him denying it, and I think it's just the fact that he wants his dad to be a superhero, because why wouldn't you want your dad to be a superhero? And then just this whole entire buildup, and then he's, Joseph's like looking at the paper, and he looks back at his dad, and then he does the, he says, because his mom's right there. Yeah, because he doesn't doesn't tell his mom. And it's just he starts crying because it's just so... He sees his dad for, fulfill his destiny yeah. and what he wanted his dad his to do. And every time yeah. I see that scene, I cry tears of joy. Oh, dude, Tears yeah. it's just, of it's joy. It's like a happy tears moment. It's just... Yeah. Oh, 
Love it. Oh, God. You know what? Oh, let's my just gosh. Let's just here. stop this and watch the movie. <laughs> let's watch the movie. <laughs> I can do three rounds of Unbreakable right now. Oh, my oh, gosh. And also the last part of the film, which is also the most heartbreaking of it at the same time. Yeah. Is when you find when you find out that Elijah's been who caused the train crash and the three set accidents that they mentioned throughout the film the, all the time. The, the, the fire in the building and then there was like an explosion. There's in the hotel. Oh. Uh, there and was by one the in airport. the hotel, one in the by yeah. an airport. He, I don't no, know if he blew up an, he blew up an airplane. He set the a fire. hotel on fire. And, and then, then the train he, crashed. And you find out he was the train. It all to all to find that one special for person because he's like believed in this all his life. Yeah, I think one thing Alex <laughs> pointed out, Jack's uh, Jack's wife. That's weird to say. Um, is we it makes sense how he kind of like smoked out Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis's character David Dunn and identified him as a superhero. But how did he originally find him? Is what. I'm kind of confused on and questioning. He was just like blowing up random things. That's why he was going from uh, a thing with a lot of people, hoping that there would at least be one person who made it out. Like some one person, oh, there's, a, there's an odd story with searching. it. He's, and this person saved people or some. And not what not a lot of people pick up on is that there's a huge allusion to uh, Elijah, who like we only know about three, but in the room, if you look closely, there's several different accidents that he has news clipped onto right. his news board that he's so obviously orchestrated it's alluded to that he's created m- possibly more more than the three that we know no. that david was in yeah, yeah. okay yeah. and uh, what i love about it is just because it's also elijah's moment too because when he says is like now that we know your place i know mine <sighs> Dude, that line yeah and he I knows know that he's opposite not a, sides of the spectrum and he knows that he's not a mistake because his entire oh life, where he's, the disease he suffers from, he believes that he's he's not he hasn't been he was a mistake on this earth. But now that he knows that there's another person on the opposite side of the spectrum, he was meant to be there, and that's he's his meant place. To be the too. He's meant to be the villain, and it's just great because I love what Elijah says when he says that the villain is the exact opposite of the hero, yeah. and sometimes they're friends. It all makes sense. In a comic, you know how you can tell who the arch villain's going to be? He's the exact opposite of the hero. And most times they're friends like you and me. I should have known way back when. You know why, David? Because of the kids. And that's what really oh, gets me the most because even really... and when you get into David's character, it's also extremely heartbreaking for him. Because mm-hmm. this guy yeah. who's helped him, it helped him find his purpose. You find out was killing all these people, a lot. Actually, it's Terrorist a lot attacks. of people. I think it was like almost eight hundred something along those so lines. He, and then it's just like him. The end of the movie is David Dunn walking away, and it's just kind of like in subtitles. David turned him yeah. in. He's been found for multiple terrorist attacks um, in an asylum for the criminally insane. Yeah. But, it's, then, it, but it's weird because then it goes back to like the scene. And then it just seems more, it seems happy. Yeah. Because they both found their place. This is also another cool part where you kind of keep going back and forth is the car accident that they keep referencing. Oh, yeah, that ended his football career. Yeah, no, he was injured before. And then you find out that he was never actually injured in that. That he rips a door off a car. Yeah, dude, he just like, and the car was like, and the door door was like jammed too. So that makes it even worse. But he was, he was like, make notes, boys. That's how you treat your woman. You fake an injury so you don't have to do what they don't so want you, you to do. you don't have to follow professional football and make all that money. 
Imagine how much money you would have made if you stayed in football. Oh, my oh, you gosh. You would have made a lot. But uh, that's that's unbreakable. Bam. Go watch this movie. It's probably I mean, you probably of, already I'm, have. I'm so upset it. with myself. It took me so long to see it. It took me forever. I mean, it's been out since 2000, and I I've only yeah. seen it the past like what year, year or two. Yeah, and it's probably one of the most underrated movies of all time. So it took me a really long time to figure out what my two <laughs> favorite scenes were. <laughs> I totally agree. Like almost an hour, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but Jack's while. been sitting here the whole time trying to think, just listening to us. It's just been really hard to figure out what I wanted to say. <laughs> just such a good movie right <laughs> so good like you want to watch it right now i would i would like to watch it right now but to keep it short my favorite scene or two scenes um are the bench press scene i don't know if you dude, dude oh, man. man i dude. love the we bench discussed press it scene. oh yeah the because ca- even the camera goes up and yeah. then it goes oh yeah down. Goes, oh yeah and i just love how his son. The, it's just hysterical how the kid goes a little, little farther away every time they add a weight. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is going to He's happen? In the like, yeah, he goes up the stairs a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, the weight's gonna explode or something. But I think that, like, the reason why I like that scene so much is because it's like the most organic like origin story for a superhero. Ooh, like, Ooh. like that. he's just like adding on weight and. He's figuring out, I have, like, super strength abilities, and I didn't even realize this. And they just keep adding weight, and it's, like, yeah. kind of an emotional thing. But, I don't know. To me, I think, of, like, some of the greatest superhero origin stories are, like, Iron Man or Superman. They're relatable. It, it, They're relatable. Ones. And this was, like, in his garage with, like, a rusty old set of uh, yeah. weights. So. It's the most grounded superhero movie i've ever seen even more than Dark. Knight. it goes along totally. with the Same. theme that we've been talking about how this is the most like relatable superhero movie like if there was a superhero on earth this is what his story would look like his or hers exactly Don't want to discriminate his or hers <laughs> captain marvel yep. captain marvel anyways oh and then my my <laughs> second favorite scene of this movie um at the very end of the movie where david pulls out the newspaper and slides it oh, toward Joseph gosh. and shows him Guys, I found a pen. and they're both like crying and oh. it's like this emotional moment because his son really looks up to his dad and there's yeah. this great connection that happens between them but yeah those are great mo- uh, moments in that movie and it's just a phenomenal movie yep. all right boys ready to move on yep let's do it fast forward about uh let's see 17, 17 years, years later <laughs> this movie that was uh we did not know it all would be a sequel no it's more of a spin-off well, a spin-off of they never it's advertises the universe. yeah it's so uh, this it's, to be anywhere like in in any of his movies any relevance it's just like a new psychological cool concept thriller that yeah. then, Shyamalan came up with and then <laughs> spoiler alert what happens in the end Find out it's in the same universe as Unbreakable. Bah, bah, bah. Now, now you know why it's in this episode. With the Bruce Willis cameo. That's yep. right. At the very end. So David I would... Dunn in a diner. <laughs> David Dunn Diner. David Dunn Diner? We're renaming our podcast. Dunn's Diner? Dunn's Diner. Ooh, that's cool. But Let's start I... that. It's fandom. Brand. <laughs> Branding. How do you change your brand? I would like to do a brief description on... A brief summary of uh, Split... It is stars James McAvoy as Kevin, who has Wendell Crumb. Twenty-three personalities within him. Twenty-four. That's a lot. Well, oh, he's going to get to the twenty. The twenty-four. 24. He has twenty-three personalities within him, and he has one of his personalities, uh, Dennis, 
and Patricia and Hedwig, all three of them orchestrate to kidnap three girls and sacrifice them to the beast. Because they are... Impure. Impure. Impure because they've never... Experienced uh, loss or... Yeah. Pain suffering. or abuse. Suffering, yeah. suffering, suffering or abuse. And while this is all happening, uh, Kevin's therapist is trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Kevin right now. It's kind of like the, the side, the subplot. Yeah, of it's it. like the, the subplot of it. Ripper. Uh, we sh- okay. Give me a second. I put this when you uh when you watch this movie, knowing that it's an unbreakable spinoff. It it actually makes so much sense because even when the doctor is explaining things, like she's on like a. I don't know, a Skype call conference. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. describing it like there's other there could be other people like this and that the brain's so powerful, like alluding that there might there's other people like superheroes out there, so it really makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Why it's tied in with Unbreakable. And also, dude, James McAvoy, he gives probably one of the best performances of his life. So underrated. The, the fact that he didn't get nominated at all, well, it's not well, we all know he wouldn't get nominated, but he should have gotten nominated yeah. for an Oscar. It's yeah. One of the best performances, definitely of 2017. I think a better performance, though, is Mr. Tumnus. Oh, my God. Oh, Ryan. I knew you were going to go there. And <laughs> Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I knew you were going to go there. That's his first movie role. <laughs> I mean, he kind of plays the same character in t- as Mr. Tumnus by kidnapping a young girl. And seducing her, oh. seducing a young girl, and <laughs> I, I could see Lucy. it. Oh my gosh! Right. Wow, we are very up topic. Sorry, right. but uh, James McAvoy gives the performance of his life in this. Actually, everyone in this film does. They Not, really do. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is extremely great in this. Uh, Doctor Fletcher, who is in this, mm-hmm. um, she was great. Even the girl, the other two girls that were kidnapped, they were great too. Yeah, yeah everyone. They were great. Well, they're, they were pretty good. They were kind of like basic. Well, I know, but that's their role. What was in the, the film. main girl's name? Uh, Chris, Cassie, Cassie Cook. She over played like, by outshined uh, well, them what's what's her name? Clink, Clink. Do you, do you remember her name? Anya Taylor Joy. But you go. Thank you, Anya Taylor. It's Joy. his biggest celebrity crush is Anya Taylor Joy. I felt like while I was watching this movie, Doctor Fletcher's character was kind of the one that you could center around and kind of, as she was understanding things, you were also understanding things. Um, so I felt like her character was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like she kind of embodied the viewer um as she was like discovering why he had stolen these three girls and then discovering that he actually had and then being fatally wounded and aside from it being uh now that we know an unbreakable spinoff it's actually a really good psychological thriller very like claustrophobic it is really cool it's really not as scary as they had maybe marketed it Oh, yeah. no. It's not, like, <coughs> yeah. all of the personalities are pretty normal. Yeah, for the most part. Except for the, for the beast. I except mean. for the beast. <laughs> I think it's weird. But I, I think even though the movie by itself, it stands, it's actually, I think it's really good. I think even without knowing that it is, uh, it's in the Unbreakable universe, I think is, I think by itself the film is really great. I even when first time me and Devin actually saw this movie, uh, Midnight Premiere, when it first came out, and the anticipation up to him getting to the beast, I'm just like, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat, being like, dude, what's this gonna be like? Yeah, like what I had no yeah. idea how yeah. they were gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally do, like he grows like you know a little bit taller, more muscular, the veins pop out and everything, and then then kind of like at first I was like, 
eh, I was kind of a little bit disappointed. And he starts climbing on walls and everything. I was like, hmm. But then when when the the last scene pulls up, when they show David Dunn in the diner, it just kind of like clicks. Yeah. It clicks because it's really it makes out. it makes more sense. It's a villain that. movie. It's a villain origin. Yeah. And it makes more sense. And then that whole entire thing of him being more the horde. like the horde. Him, like, uh, his form as the beast. It just, everything just kind of made more sense when they put David in the movie because, like, oh, it's a super villain It's not like he's a mutant. Yeah. He's not going to turn to Sabretooth. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I really like is it all takes place in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all connected in one small community and, like, everyone goes to the same high school. Everyone goes to the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole trilogy is very centered even sixth sense took place in philadelphia whoa oh yeah because i'm like grew up in philly forgot about that also bruce willis go check it out i will do it right now um i want to say something about uh mcavoy but there's one scene where he's talking to dr fletcher and it's um one personality trying to pretend to be barry who what personality Dennis. Dennis. Dennis dennis pretending to be barry but Dr. Fletcher could tell there was like something off because he had like OCD moments where he would like adjust things in the room. And then somehow she got into his head and separated them and like pulled Dennis into the light. And that, that performance in that moment was really interesting to watch him shift from one personality to the other. The whole concept is awesome because you never, you've never seen that been done before. You never really see a, uh, what is it? DID? Yeah. DID. This, this I can't pronounce this it. This associated identity disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But and it's then really cool. there's th- that whole scene is actually probably my favorite scene in the movie because it's just I don't know. And then the, it's just like uh, Dennis explaining why he was made as a personality in the first place because oh, yeah. Kevin's mom is a was a very abusive woman to him, um, and that she liked everything perfect. So in order for Kevin to be as safe as possible, he had to make everything perfect. And that's why Dennis is such a, has such a rough relationship with women is because of his mom. Yeah. And so that's why he has, there's that entire scene in the beginning where, you know, the other girl pees on himself because then she doesn't want to get, I don't know what Dennis was going to do to her, but you know. I think he was going to make her dance. Yeah. He was going to make her dance. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. Like, what? Yeah. He's it's a pervert. Strange. Little pervert. Mm. Yeah. Also, Hedwig, when he plays his Hedwig. Is, Hedwig? Oh, oh it's so I great. think I prefer you, Hedwig who, over who, all the other personalities. When he kisses uh, Cassie, I think you're pregnant now. I think you're pregnant now. <laughs> no. Et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. He did bad things to people, and he'll do bad things to you. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it just, he captures. Silence. And even then, he doesn't even, like, walk, like, straight up. It, it, he's, like, more on his, like he bends his knee. is more like a kid. And I don't know. It, it, they're very... And then the yellow jacket and everything. It's yeah. just very it's very uh it's very kid like. He does like it very lot. convincingly when he switch you like you you see the each personality, not just like the one. That's I think that was very tricky to do and I yes. really respect uh, McAvoy for that. He Hedwig like had genuine eight year old emotions too. Because there's that scene where Cassie tries to break out of the window and she realizes it's just an image, like it's a drawing of a window. And you can see like the disappointment in Hedwig when he's like, "Wait, you're trying to escape?" And like he he goes through this whole like mental Fettel process. Went. Yeah. Well, I never saw Split, but Jack explained to me his body chemistry actually changes to the character he believes he is. 
Yeah. Like his mind is limited. Like when he's the beast, he believes, and they ex- they explore this in yeah. Glass. He believes that he's something strong. That's why he is. There was a there was a one. Remember when uh, Casey goes to his computer, finally gets to his computer, oh. and she's seeing all the other uh, video diaries. The one right. has diabetes. There, there's one. Yeah, there's one that has diabetes. Wow. And there's, like, there's a cool little thing too that I noticed when they uh, when I, I don't know SWAT or the cops showed up at the end when they're raiding his home. You even you even see. 23 different uh, toothbrushes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 23 toothbrushes. One thing I would like to bring up is Kevin himself, Kevin Wendell Crumb, the actual, the, the actual person. When they, uh, when Cassie said his name because Dr. Fletcher wrote it down before she was killed by the beast and she says it and then Kevin comes out. That's also one of my favorite parts of the film because he's just, he's confused. He's been his other identity has been taken over him for at least two years, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. He hasn't yeah. been in the outside world for two years. And that the first thing that he wants Cassie to do is to kill him. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want the personalities to hurt anyone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good scene. But then it, the beast takes over. Oh, beast takes over. Mm-hmm. And the beast takes over on a train. He shows up on, on a train. train. Wonder why that happens. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds like it could connect, be. foreshadow a different thing that we might talk about in <laughs> what the third film. Stay tuned to next episode to find out, or one year from now. Stay one here. year from now, <laughs> season four. Now. No, season six. We'll wait till we'll season, season six. <laughs> or we could do it now. Oh, you know what? That's, that's right. That might let's seem like a better now. option. Wait, yeah. Before Wait. before we go, there's one thing that I would like to add as Shyamalan's director. If you guys remember, there's a scene in Unbreakable where a woman. No, there's a, not. Yeah, there is. There is. There's a woman in a red coat who bumps into David, and oh, she shoot. has a kid with him. And when he bumps into her, there's a uh, the screaming. He hears screaming. Because no of way. The visions. Yes. Oh. Because they both live in Philly. And he wow. bumped it in the. There was a mom having one kid, and he bumps into her. She's wearing a red coat. I That's right. That. I remember that. The little kid screaming. And Shyamalan did confirm that that was Kevin with his mom that they bumped into David at the stadium. Oh, wow. that was so snap. Cool. That's such a cool time. Because he doesn't do anything with it. Because when the mom bumps into him, he just only hears screaming, and then he loses her in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. But is there anything else uh, anyone would like to talk about, Split, before we move on? Um, last call. Um, last call. I think we covered pretty much all of it let's go into Shyamalan's big climax the conclusion yeah glass and I will give a brief very brief summary on glass because this is well yeah you you can give a summary but this is gonna be a lot of spoilers there's a lot of spoilers huge spoilers yeah the summary of the movie if you do it justice is just so much spoilers spoilers. it's it's three amazing plot twists it's a very much of david and kevin are all put in the same asylum as mr glass Mm -hmm. where a doctor i forgot her name but i know it's sarah paulson that plays her and tries to convince them that all of the superhero stuff is in their head and they are not superheroes which are we gonna start talking about spoilers now? Yeah, or? we can, well we can. Yeah. Do you guys, this yeah. Is spoiler yeah, warning: I mean, you have to. Doctor Ellie Staple. That's Doctor Ellie, Ellie Staple. Staple. Uh, Devin, do you want to start off on? Because I know you. I think you'd like to talk about the beginning of the movie because that's your favorite part. Oh yeah, yeah. You my, talk about. My, right, my favorite part right now. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, is the like the first hour of the movie where you get started <laughs> and you see after like 19 years that David Dunn 
and his son are running now a security business, which is really cool because, you know, security yeah. on, on the, <laughs> his trench coat. And um, uh, him and his son do like this uh, crime fighting on the side. He, yeah, go, he goes for walks and it's really cool. It's, it's, it's cool because like you, it's such a huge time gap. Unlike like you know like the MCU, they ha- they have very small gaps in between right. where they can fill in like movies if they go back. Right. So that's what's cool. Like you could do anything with that, and I thought that was a really cool way to do that because that's how that's the most believable way that totally. he'd be doing that. That he's this uh, Philadelphia vigilante called the Overseer. Ever since the ending is split, it's been huge all over the news that the Horde is on the loose. So he's been trying to track him down. He just ends up bumping into him, and I think it was he Hedwig. Bumped, he Hedwig. bumps into Hedwig. 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 Thari, like, man. He gives a little he kicks, like, he, kicks the, he kicks the door, and then he runs off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we, then we finally see them confront each other, and then you see the Beast show up, which you haven't... You didn't see... You barely saw it at the very ending of Split, so it was cool to see him right at the beginning of yeah. this. Right. You want to see more Beast. So basically, and, then all three are in this and then you're, yeah, together. And then you're introduced to Sarah Paulson's character, uh, Dr. Ellie Staple, and she is a special, which I have a huge problem with this, but I'll get to it later. Yeah. She specializes in this disorder of people who have delusions of being superhero, like they have superpowers. Yeah, which is already... Se. Which is like... like a, what? If that's, that's a huge plot hole. Because there's just been if, these three we know if of. If she thinks it's a disorder, why does she spend all this time, all this money, all this setup... If they don't actually have that well, power, I think it's just like, them, her trying to convince them. Well, no, but it, why would you spend well, here's, like here's thousands of dollars on a water tank because you're convinced that that's well, the weakness? Well, dude, that's <laughs> here, so true. Here's the thing: um, if we're gonna get into spoilers now, uh, we can. But basically, at the end of the movie, you find out that it's an organization, kind of like Hydra, who's been taking Wait, out what superheroes for ten thousand years. Is what they say. It was a really uh, long time. Are, are, a long are we, time. Are we getting into the, clovers? Well, the to twist answer, now. To answer Dude, this, we're going into the twist. To answer now? this question, she's been doing this for a long time. There's been superheroes we didn't know about, and she's covered it up. So Spoiler. She has. She believes <laughs> that they're superheroes because they are. Anyway, the second. So that's act. the answer to this <laughs> <The second> question. <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about the second act, or yeah, I'll, I'll well, Jack, because you want to talk about the second act. That's when I really get like, sure. Really yeah. split. I'll talk about third act. I think the second act wow. is when she brings all three into the same room with the cool coloring. By the way, just want to give a major shout out to the color palette and the color schemes schemes in this movie. It's and in the movies and Unbreakable too. Really cool, it's amazing. Yeah. Like that part where they have all three in Green, that room. Green, yellow, it's like and got purple. These, Outfits are casting like a hue into the room. Also, notice that uh, Dr. Ellie Stape also has a color too, and it's white. Oh, is it white or pink? It's white. It's white because she wears constantly throughout white throughout the film. She always wears a, a, a white coat yeah. and a very yeah. a white dress, a white uh, white mm-hmm. jacket. So it's very, it's kind of like. Color coded. Like a more of a, because you know, white symbolizes higher, higher, higher God, intelligence, purity. purity. Yeah. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I think that's probably where the second act starts. Uh-huh. So she confronts all of them at the same time, which is really mm-hmm. interesting and really kind of probes these questions on like, are you really a superhero or or is it just in your head? And she goes through each uh, character yeah. and she basically very con- convincing, convinces them. Yeah, gives they're... convincing arguments. Um, There's a lot of plot holes in this, but I'll, I, think we should, I think we should wait to plot holes. I'll talk about plot holes later. Plot holes later for sure. But yeah, basically... I mean, you you don't really have to analyze each situation in the movie. Basically, then it goes all the way until the very end, which is the the plot twist. But Elijah, he's been manipulating the whole time. Um, you think he's brain like 
kind of like got a wait was it? He but seems I, completely you, you brain dead and brain given dead. up yeah, on no, life he, the whole but time. He's been he's fried, man. Yeah, but he's technically been comp. Uh, combating them with his own little medication that he's stolen. So he, he's been orchestrating this plan. Oh, yeah, he's incredibly smart. And basically, smart his plan in the movie is to show off to the world that superheroes are real. That's his main goal, yeah. And that's the goal of the movie, is to show the audience that superheroes are real. Which, when we get to the very end, that is my biggest squabble about this movie. Well, okay. Well, that, that's the theme of the movie. Which is why I said, when we get to the end. end. Which is kind of funny, because Elijah is like this... He's a terrible dude because he's killed. He's a yeah. he's a domestic terrorist. Who's yeah, we gotta remember he's a villain too. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a domestic terrorist, but he also is. He's kind of like a a beacon of hope for them too. At the same yeah. time, which is I know people would probably complain about that, but I just like think Magneto. that Magneto. But I think that just makes his character all the more interesting. Yeah, I like Mister Glass a you, lot. Yeah, and, and you start to see how all three of these characters they have kind of their own story. Like David Dunn is trying to get out of here and stop. Um, stop the, the horde. Yeah, and then the, hero. the horde is like, oh, I want to fight this guy. I want uh, Samuel Jackson's character sets up a fight between both of them to show off superheroes to the yeah. world. I, there's one scene in particular which is probably with, like my favorite scene in the movie is where the guy goes into Elijah's room and notices all the pictures are broken. It's like, oh, you, you took out all the pictures. Look at what you did, Elijah. You took out all the pictures, and he goes up to look at him in his face, and then Elijah's like, Whoosh! slits his throat. Yeah. Uh, and he said, and then I just remember he calls him jackass. And then he just <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. And then that's where the conflict really kicks in. You start to see Elijah's plan unfold, um, getting the beast out. And actually, I really like this moment too, where he's telling David that like, and he's not starting not to believe that he's a superhero and everything. And then it's Elijah, the person who brought him in there in the first place, that pushes him back forward again, because oh, when yeah. he goes on the intercom and he's telling him that like, you know, oh. you are a hero. And that if you can't be a hero, all these people are going to die because of me. He's using that motivation yeah. of the he horde wants to, to break out the beast. Go down. That's his plan. And, he, and he's like, break out of that door. That it, was cool. Like, and he breaks the steel door open. Uh, that was a thick steel but door. But you can't break that door because you're just a man. What? Something like that. And then obviously Elijah gets his his, uh, his sweet villain gear. I love his costume. <laughs> he even has like a little this emblem. Is, this is, this is, yeah, from very, Mr. Glass. It's, it's like very, a pimp. It's very, First it's very name, comic Mr. Book. Last name, Glass. Very cheesy lines, but I love it. It's very comic booky, which I really yeah. like. Yeah. And then the scene where he's rolling away and the Beast is beating up all those three guys. Mm-hmm. And then, Ryan, we lead to the confrontation <sighs> outside. That we've Thank really been you. waiting for. And this, yeah. is, the, this is what... This is what Glass is to me. Like this is, and they did such a great job of hiding all these spoilers from trailers. Like I had no idea what the movie's gonna be about. It was so different from what I expected. So you know, the you think that uh, Mr. Glass's um, plan is to get them to fight at the top of this building to yeah, show the world. Yeah, he leads up even shows it to the. Yeah, but really, he had this whole side thing, which spoiler was streaming. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Can we get to? Let's do the first yeah. twist. Let's do the, the first, first twist. twist. Okay, let's, let's go first twist. The first twist is because this that, is a very long. Well, there's like okay. Is there three? Let's there's just three go, twists. There's three twists. So first twist is you find out that Kevin that qual- Kevin's mom or dad was killed on the same, on the train, same train as David Dunn was on. Mr. Was Glass on. created too. I want to know your guys. Did you guys like that or you didn't? I like actually that? that's the only one I liked. That was that was oh. my favorite out of the twists. The way they were going, yeah, that was my favorite not my one. favorite. They Mine kept too. getting better for me. <laughs> I thought that, I thought that the way that they were going, oh, Ryan. the way they were going is I thought that they're going to be like, 
your father is David Dunn. No. To like Kevin Windleham or whatever. No, no Empire. No. And I was this. like, whoa. No yeah, right. Come on. Okay, whatever. Okay, second twist. So basically, then they, they fight a little bit more. Well, they go in the water tank. Oh. Yeah. They, oh, well, they, well, well, he... Uh, yeah, it's actually a really the cool fight. Beast, I actually like that. The beast hits uh, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass in the chest. That was sad. That was pretty sad because he's upset. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Glass. I mean, like... Mr. Glass knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. he knew. Because you, you expected that. Joseph was the one who <coughs> revealed the information. And uh-huh. you hear Mr. Glass like mutter like, oh, too soon. Not, not, the reason, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not the yet. reason I love it is because Mr. Glass isn't even the villain in this movie. But he seems like the villain. And it seems like he's got this crazy plan because he knows everything that's going to go down. Even he's when the you one think controlling everything. He's controlling yeah. everything. Even to the last minute of the movie, yeah. he's in control. But... Second plot twist. David touches uh, the yeah. doctor's hand, and he finds out, dun-dun-dun, that this is really a group. Uh, we'll call them Hydra, but they're like some... See, clo- like, they have they the, clover have the clover tattoos. Tattoo and basically, she, so you see, you see a vision where they're in this, like, faci- this uh, restaurant, and she has a mission to take out three of these guys. So basically, it's an organization that kills superheroes. For years and, and they years and, and they kind of like send her like what to each city yeah they take she's like uh-huh. i'm ready for my next mission or whatever but he was like whoa i loved that and then so basically uh-huh. after that that all the glass david and then the horde they all die they're they're all killed by them they a bodyguard comes up dunks david's head in a puddle in a pothole yeah drowns him yeah, yeah. and then Casey convinces Kevin switch, to come out uh, and take the light. The to the, he gets shot, and then Mr. Glass is just hopelessly dying on the ground. I thought that was just pretty sad. I think the the best or like the most emotional part of that was how, and I didn't even see Split, but how Kevin came into the light and he stayed into the light with that girl, also a plot hole. all the way till the end until he died. Really? How do you think as a plot hole? Well, okay. How's that a Let, let's be honest here. Okay, they wanted to switch him back to Kevin because he's vulnerable and the beast is like he can take some yeah. bullets. There's no way he could take a 50 cal bullet to the head. There's, well, we didn't know. Well, we don't. Well, they could have just fired upon him right then. Like, that's kind of like. Well, I mean, because they don't. I mean, they no, well, okay, here's the, here's my thing. But with I, that. I understand it. So that's like a small one. But like, this. here's my thing with that is that they don't. From what they know is that Kevin can take a shotgun blast to the chest and point, the stomach. Almost point right. Yeah. And he still recovered from it. I mean, sure enough, there is a scar right on his chest it's right two. here. But um, they don't know how much. It's two. Two dur- shots. Two shots. Yeah. To how much his durability can go. So I can get why they took out Cassie. So it could. It's more of a yeah, reliable. So it's a small plus, little one, but it makes the movie so emotional. There's so many parts <laughs> yeah, it in does movies bring in that, that are like high. unnecessary. Yeah. So that's why it's not that big. Yeah. But David getting dunked. Oh, that was God, really really so, pathetic. Okay, I was mad. It's not the fact that he dies. Even though I love David Dunn, it's the fact. It's the ha- how he goes out by some random dude, not a group of dudes, puts him into a puddle, and then I'm like. Is he actually gonna go down like but this? I mean, like, no, you no. Kinda he's saw gonna that. grab his leg and like pull him out. <laughs> you kind of saw that coming, man. But then he's like, "It's his greatest weakness. How else would you expect a superhero?" But yeah, but after he, nineteen he years, he would pool, figure out a way to like. He fell into a pool in the first one. Yeah, well, that's Superman. Superman can't prevent himself from dying. He spent nineteen years, and he's he's years, evaded man. the police all from that. He's he's probably done so much. And that's how he goes out, dude. It, it would have made it would have been cooler, and it would have felt more emotional if it was like a sacrificial, like it took all his yes. strength to take out the beast, and like 
that killing or blow to the beast. Or actually save people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. He saved no one. Yeah. Even if you did it in a pool, I would like it's it better. It's just a disappointing yeah. story arc. It was a puddle. Arc. It, it was, was like okay. so it was a sad. Puddle. You guys... Like, Stay what? in your corner. I'm going to talk about the last plot hole, oh, which makes why there, did he get which the last makes, one? Because oh, I no. can, because I'm not argue, I'm not annoyed with the movie. That's why, and I love the way that they took this. Quarter so one. you find out they all die, and you're really sad. But the movie you're ends. About to get really mad that it ends like so this. Oh well, because you find out even though they're dead, they didn't die for no reason. They had a purpose. Elijah had been playing this whole time and he literally streamed all of their um like the cameras and got footage of them doing their things like David busting out the door, bending the bars, um the beast crawling on the walls and he uploads it and then you find out later in the movie that they can't get rid of it. It's in the cloud or something. That was kind of weird. Well, he sends it to <sighs> Cassie. Oh yeah, Elijah's mom, and then um, Joseph and Joseph. And that monologue I loved. And then at the very end of the movie, it pops up, and they're just sitting on the bench. The two, the it's three trending for ten minutes. The three loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's number one like, on YouTube. Number one on YouTube. <laughs> um, and then it just pans out from that, and superheroes are real and everyone knows about it okay oh there's me so and Jack, many me and jack are probably on the same yeah. page of this because i can go. look up oh top 10 weirdest thing caught on camera yes and <laughs> i'd be you. like oh half of these are probably fake and have you guys ones ever just... seen that video of evan longoria uh third baseman for a Tampa Bay rays and there's a ba- a foul ball hit at him and he turns around and catches the ball like this have you ever seen that video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's yeah. like insane instinct. He's a like, superhero. Almost it's impossible. You can fake anything and put it on YouTube. So it can be to very me, convincing. I felt like, yeah, there's all this like grand scheme going on. But in the moment, it felt cool. And then I'm like, the more I think about it, I'm like, exactly. That's kinda- well, the thing there, is- that video could have been created and manipulated. And it, it there's so many plot holes within yeah. that video that it's hard to trust it. And since it was from a secluded place, if True. it was actually at if the it was tower, at the tower, it would actually make more sense. Yeah, there would be a lot more people actually publicly seeing it. I mean, you guys it can avoid, you with, guys can argue why it's not accurate and why people wouldn't believe it, but I think that that part was really only in there just to show everyone the the meaning of the movie, which is that superheroes are real and they're getting out there. And it was just like um, Samuel Jackson's character monologuing the end of the movie talking about why superheroes are real and they're coming out of the shadows and stuff like that. One thing, okay, I'll, I'll talk about the last ending. I'll talk about the things that I don't like because I'm actually in between. I like it and I don't like it. I'll tell you, okay, I'll Come tell you the, the things. Side, yeah. I'll tell you things that I don't like it about at first. I don't like it how it's a, a whole entire video thing and the only people that actually did see it that can actually say that it happened are the people that don't want superheroes to happen in the first place. Very true. Yeah. And it's like you guys said, like it's like a top ten, like, oh, the top ten weirdest thing you see on video. Watch Mojo. Yeah. I don't I don't like that. What I do like about it is that how Mr. How I liked what they said in the comic book store, the guy said in the comic book store, is that the mastermind pulls one thing in one direction so you don't look in the other. Do you I like liked, that? I like that a lot. I like that I like that they did that. Um, another thing that I really liked uh, about the ending, I do like it how they're all together in the subway yeah. because if you notice also, like what you said before about the colors, uh, Elijah's mom is wearing purple, Joseph oh. is wearing green, and Cassie is wearing yellow yeah. as their perspective. And yeah. you can see that throughout the entire film that it's they're wearing their perspective colors. And also, um, 
I, I do also want to bring up, and this is a little bit on the sidetrack, I think the guy, uh, when they brought back Joseph, the kid actor, uh-huh. they brought him back to the adult, probably one of the best parts. I think he's one of the best parts oh, of the yeah. movie. I think, in my opinion. Okay, that was awesome. I was talking to Jack, and I actually don't think he's that good of an actor, either that, or it's just his lines were kind of cheesy. I thought he did such a good job at the end. The beginning was a little rough, but he carried it. It's just cool because you rarely see... Something kid actors like that. actually portraying them where it's like not a movie that could even get that much buzz and after that length of time he's actually gonna come back yeah play that right same like the continuity that's is what's that's what's cool about very, it very very solid yeah i agree so i don't know there's a there's a lot I mean, of plot holes with uh court of owls <laughs> as the nickname because there's a not court of owls that's court of batman clovers. but court of clovers, clovers is the nickname for this but uh it's just like at that point because this isn't a huge budget film, but yeah. since there's a budget like exceeded, it didn't feel that believable. It just felt like really rushed in there. And I feel like Shyamalan had so many ideas yeah. that he wanted to do and he couldn't just pick one. So he threw three of them in like the end to be his ending because yeah. this is his last one for this. So he's like, screw it. I'm just going to put all three of these and somewhat smoothly tie them in. I just thought... I don't know. I just thought that was overdone. I don't think he needed that to have the ending. I think so too. I think if if you just wanted to get super super um heroes out there, superpowers that they're known across the world or like you just wanted to be known, I think that that could have just been in there without the secret society. Hydra. I didn't, that was Hydra. my least favorite out of the plot twist. Oh, I oh, love yeah. Hydra. Well, I mean, that was I mean, I get plot twist, never mind. I don't like it either, but I could also see I don't like it at all. But I could also see where Shaman's coming from because he says himself he's a really big fan of comic books and reason why i would think the reason why you put that in there because you know that's a very big comic book thing secret society doesn't want these people to see the things and i get why he put that in there but it just doesn't translate well to film at all he completely botched it but also there's also one other thing that when i watched unbreakable again because when i saw glass a second time watched unbreakable again there is a scene where uh the last time elijah he leaves a voicemail on uh, David's phone in Unbreakable, mm-hmm. where oh. he picks up a comic and he says, uh, "This uh, in this comic, this evil society uh, tries to get every single one of these super power, uh, superheroes' weaknesses and use it against them." And what happened in Glass? That's cool. That's interesting. interesting. Yep. I want to say something real quick. Would you guys let me? Yeah, sure. Okay. No. So I think we were set up to be disappointed because. We're living in the era of mass yeah, it's hard Marvel grand spectacle fight scenes. And so I think when they brought up the idea of they're going to go to a very public venue and have this huge fight in front of everyone, I think, um, I think that when that didn't happen, I think it brought about a little bit of disappointment when it was the end result was just a YouTube video where it could have been something so much greater. I think we're used to those really big public things happening. Right. Yeah. But like I think you should battle of New York, you know, I think yeah. you could have suspected that. I mean, it's an M night film. Yeah. I did a little, it bit. was kind of hard for me to believe that they're going to go to this building and they're going to be fighting on the top. That yeah, seems that's over the top. Yeah. Right. I, and you never saw any footage of that in the movies or in the trailer. Sorry. Well, they probably would have so, kept it out. Yeah. True. I don't know. I think if this would have came out, years ago this would be a lot higher received it's true but since yeah like you're right jack we're so used to the superheroes even though this one's really unique it's kind of like underwhelming in ways but um well i mean 
yeah, but I think we can all agree that we did like the film. Yeah, we all we all like the yeah. film. I do still really and, like it, and we all can unite and say that Rotten Tomatoes review for this movie is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, no, it, it it's, definitely is. Better. It's like yeah, it's just stupid. Just I mean, because you, it doesn't live up to the other. The only ones. thing I didn't like about the movie, which I told Devin and Clint, is I think they could have or M Night could have done a better job at spreading out some of the jaw dropping moments throughout the movie because yeah, the first it, beginning was a little <laughs> slow. And how you see the plan being orchestrated, and then there's just like jaw dropping moments, twist, twist, twist. twist, twist. twist. <laughs> I think they could have spread that out a lot better. But it it doesn't deserve a thirty eight percent though. No, nowhere near. <clears throat> and so, I would no. I was I would go as far as to say is I think this is my least favorite out of the trilogy. I think yeah. Unbreakable is undoubtedly yeah. the best, but. I, I don't reason, know. The I reason think, why Split is higher is probably because it just it it fits on its own. It does. And this one needs the other two. Yeah. 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 That's like someone saying, actually, my roommate Brandon likes Infinity War more than he likes Avengers, the original, which I don't get at all. But he likes Infinity War more because you don't have to, it doesn't have to go into depth of characters because you already know them. So you can just get on with storytelling, which. And it's kind of what you guys are talking about with Glass. You already know these characters, so they can tell a new story. But I don't like that. I like Unbreakable more. I like Avengers more. I like the development. Yeah. Totally. Also, to bring up a very, very more angering point, in my opinion, and (laughs) Devin's opinion, Unbreakable also sits on a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Should be well over 90. It should be at least 100%. It's just, I think it's so annoying because if that would have came out, in like today's period, oh, people with the critics would love it. Like, oh my god, that's because the super- thinking man superhero movie because it was so ahead of its time, and that's why it it's so great. That's why it wasn't received that well. And yeah. Split got a seventy seven, which I think is still a little low. Yeah, for I what it's it got, but still way higher than Unbreakable. Yeah, but yeah. I um, I think these movies are. I don't. Okay, I'm not the I'm not the Moses Brothers, but like you know how the DC movies get bad reception, but a lot of people who watch them enjoy that. Well. With the exception of obviously Justice League, <laughs> yeah. um, but like Man of Steel, a lot of people who watch Man of Steel really do enjoy it. I actually do enjoy. And Man people of Steel. who watch BVS, <laughs> it's a it's a good movie. It's got great action. It's got the best Batman fight scene in on screen, but it has bad reception. Okay, so it's I, similar to this in that way. But, but but before we end this episode, I do want to bring us into the final stretch. Yes. Is that overlooking M Night's uh, trilogy of movies of how we feel about them as a whole? I think Breakable's the best. Split st- can stand alone. Honestly, it really can. I th- and Glass. I feel like if you're looking at it as an Unbreakable sequel, I feel like you can definitely be disappointed. But if you're looking at it as a split sequel, uh, you can definitely. It depends on what That's your great perspective of what you wanted. Did you want to see more of a split sequel? Did you want to see an unbreakable sequel. I mean, I think a lot of people want an unbreakable sequel, so that's right. why there's a lot of disappointment around it. But mm-hmm. I mean, literally, James McAvoy like shined in this film and really yeah, got a really satisfying did. ending. So I yeah. think if you want to compare this to another trilogy, the closest trilogy to this relating superheroes to what if like the question, what if they were with us in real life, is the Dark Knight. And obviously, it's not as good as Dark Knight trilogy, but I think it's definitely starts better it's cool because this is this exists you know this is out there this is like so different and it's not like your iron man trilogy i think it's refreshing as a movie watcher it's different and i like that you get overfed on 
uh, stereotypical superhero movies, and this doesn't yeah. fit that. And I think we're, I think it's safe to say that we're off to a great start with finishing trilogies. I personally, I loved how they finished it. I know you guys don't like that, but this is the first trilogy and saga that's concluded in 2019, and there's plenty more to come. Oh, there's a lot uh, more. We so got many more. I know. <laughs> but I, I can already say in January that I'm satisfied with what we've gotten so far. But in uh, continuing saying, uh, for me, I think um, I was satisfied with the. I, I'm satisfied with where it's ended off. I made my amends with glass. I made my yeah. amends with glass. But I, I from besides the ending part, I loved the film. I love, uh, I love Split. I absolutely love Unbreakable. Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Easily. And I uh, for I just like to say a little something about M Night Shyamalan because M Night kind of gets his. Uh, name dragged in the mud and a lot of people do kind of say like you know what well, who keeps who keeps letting this guy make movies and stuff and yeah he's made some really really bad movies but also every director does and he's sure. just such, he's such a unique and original director and he makes such original content it's really hard to be mad at him and it's easily to be mad at him yeah but um let's all not forget that uh with glass he used all of his own money he used all of his own money to make the movie did no he really? studio, I no thought it was 20, 20 nope, million. He nope, wow. Nope. All all of his own money. No studio money. All of his own money mm-hmm. to make the visit. Major uh, respect. The visit. He mortgaged his house. He mortgaged his house to make the movie too for the visit. the The film before Split. The yeah. film before Split. Which is actually also a pretty good, good uh, like horror movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's. I. I just love. I love him so much as a director. He gets so underlooked a lot he's of got times. Great work. Yeah. He's made some bombs, but like. If you look in his past, you look at Unbreakable, <laughs> Village, Sixth Sense, Village, Signs. Those are really good films. Mm-hmm. So he also is. He has talented. cameos in each of the movies. Oh yeah, he's like a Quentin Tarantino. Oh, uh, this one it actually tied into uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, it did. Because yeah, remember he he goes to David and he's like, "Thank you, you know, for um, like setting me straight, patting me down, patting me down, me down. setting me straight, <laughs> man." Because he of course was like dealing drugs in Unbreakable. Yeah. And then now he's the security guy for the office that uh whatever I forgot her name was, and the doctor and split and then yeah sure yeah yeah well yeah. his role is the same in, oh that's oh, interesting yeah. yeah and all three I think that's pretty cool yeah I think that uh last thing I I want to say about this trilogy is it has probably one of the best messages out there and oh, finding your place yeah finding yeah. your place like the quote from Elijah <laughs> in the first movie Unbreakable stands true through the whole movie or the whole trilogy. And it's, uh, do you know what the scariest thing is to not know your place in this world, to not know why you're here? Yeah. And then, you know, I just love the trilogy because they explain that. And then at the very end, it's fulfilled. That's one of my favorite themes in the movie is finding your purpose. So that's yeah. why I, I love yeah. Unbreakable so much. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're all satisfied with Shyamalan's. I am satisfied. Yeah, we all <laughs> absolutely hate this trilogy. No. Why did this come just out? Just that s- <laughs> nut. <laughs> Uh, yeah! Wow, this is a good episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was pretty good. And uh, that's it for our Unbreakable trilogy talk with uh, oh, yeah. M Night Shyamalan's trilogy. Uh, but now we're gonna go into something that we didn't have a chance to talk about last time because it didn't come out. Uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, the Far From Home trailer. Oh, yeah. yeah, as a replacement for our top five news because we didn't have any time to talk about it last time True. because uh-huh. it didn't come out. Um, yep. Jack. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of trailers that have been coming out lately, but I think ultimately this is the one we want to just briefly yeah. chat about. Uh, so far from home, it looks really good. Uh, Mysterio yeah. looks good. All the How Spider-Man suits look good. 
Yeah, how is Spidey actually This is alive? probably the most controversial one because it basically just undoes it. But although they do not confirm any timeline. That's true, They could be throwing us if off. If you look at the passport yeah, scene, yeah. I like that. The yeah. one thing they, they, they do confirm... Like, if this is taking place after Endgame, is that Pepper Potts survives everything. True. Because the check is signed by her. Yeah. Right. Or if this was before. Do you guys like that? Aunt May knows. She's in the know. No. I don't really like that. I don't that. like I just it. don't like that. I don't like it's it. It's like a Spider-Man PS4. Oh, wait. Did I just spoil it? No, you Oh, I, it. I beat that oh, game shoot. a week ago. Okay. That was okay, phew. the best Spider. Honestly, that was better than the movies. Oof. I like it. <laughs> I think it's kind of a fun dynamic because we've never seen that before it's yeah, always it's been true. yeah made. i want to see how it works i'm open out. to the idea yeah i'm open I to think, the idea okay so not gonna lie going into far from home and after endgame i wasn't excited for it at all like i was like they just need mcu just needs to be done after endgame because that's when all the ogs will be done robert downey jr chris hemsworth yeah. um chris evans so, so but the trailer really kind of gave me new hope for what's Marissa coming Tomei. next. And I think Jack was right yeah. when he predicted this might be the best Tom Holland Spider-Man film. Oh. Not the best Spider-Man film. No, you just wait. This is going to be the best Spider-Man oh, movie. We're, no, we're going to hold you to no, that. No, no, no we're I'm telling hold you. you to it. It won't. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the best villain that we've seen. What? Oh. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. Goblin and Doc Ock? Very close to Goblin and Doc Ock. Vulture well, I, was really good too. Nah, dude, come no on. one will ever come close to it's Electro. He is so good. He is not, so it's good. It's my birthday, Spider Man. <laughs> um, do you guys like the wing? Bad, the wing suit. Do you like the black and red? I like it. I, I think like it's that. Cool. It the actually wing. looks more like the original original look. It looks more like a black tinted look in the webs. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it'll be a good movie. I. I think the trailer opened all of us up to be more optimistic about the MCU after Endgame. That's it's a good a way of putting it. Suit I mean, too. you put we posted that on that whole thing on Instagram. How Kevin Feige said, "Who would it be better than Peter Parker to lead you into the next phase of that's right?" True. So, yeah. yeah, we it, that's actually true. he did confirm that that's this like, takes place after Endgame. <laughs> yeah, that is the Spider Man is the face of Marvel. He Wait, is. Right. Um, Okay, was there anything else big in the news recently that we wanted to talk about? Last thing I want to say about this trailer is... Oh, there's um, one thing I do want to say, too. I don't... I'm interested to see what could be the most obvious villain turn of all time, but I think that they're going to do it really well. Because obviously it looks like he's fighting with Spider-Man. Or he's, pl- he's, a or he's playing syndrome. a game. Yeah, yeah. syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how he's using Doctor Strange magic? Oh, uh, yeah, that Yeah, too. can we talk, please? Because he's obviously pulling up the symbols. He looks like it, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously doing the, the, the symbol, symbol stuff that Doctor Strange does. And I was just like, huh, because he's, he's known as a does special effect villain. Does he actually have powers, though? Yeah. But will or is it all one big facade? I don't know. That's the thing. He could have like energy beams that look. I don't know. It's don't really know. weird. I'm very. Good. <clears throat> I'm interested because in the comics, Mysterio doesn't have powers. He's a special effects artist. It's true, and he's a stunt man, so he doesn't actually have powers. He's just this illusionist. So I was like, whoa, they're actually gonna give him powers, which is cool as well. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm open uh, to the idea. And I think that um, they're changing because the the villains with the are ca- are called the elementals, elementals. Yeah, but that they're also I think they're hinting at they look similar. I don't to like know Sandman. Definitely Hydro Man's gonna be in there, but maybe maybe Sandman. Sandman. Whoa, the worst yeah. villain ever, and Molten Man. Yeah, but <laughs> moving forward, I think we're all excited, and I think one last thing we wanted to talk about big in the fandom community is some Oscar nominations. More importantly. Black Panther. 
been nominated yes. for the very first superhero movie to be nominated for best picture which i think we can all agree it's worthy. it's exciting uh i i don't think it's worthy of it i think obviously it's believable um, yeah i i don't want to get you know, too political but i think we'll save it for our oscar we, predictions Ryan, yeah yeah I mean, I'm just saying because, like, it's obviously not a better movie than Infinity War. Really. Or Dark Knight. Or, or, or the original so Avengers. Other movies are But if it, you know what? If it wins, I'll be happy. At least one superhero. MCU, superhero oh, no, movie. I'm all for a superhero movie finally getting It's best not going to win. I mean, the last time yeah, it's an probably action not win anyway. movie won Best Picture was, I think, Bad Max Fury Road. And that yeah. totally deserved it. That, that was didn't amazing. win Best Picture. It just won a lot of awards. It didn't win Best Picture? Was no. it... Uh, oh, it was Spotlight it was not, of the King? That Spotlight won. Right. Spotlight won. Oh. Did Return of the King win Best Picture? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Return of the King did See, win Best Picture. Actually, was like kind of a lot of the 2000s uh, Best Pictures were actually pretty good. It just gets in the recent years. They yeah. weren't as memorable yeah. as Moonlight. But stay what? tuned as we're most likely yeah. going to do a Oscar prediction episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our predictions, our theories, uh, we're going to calculate it very we're going to try to do our best to really predict it, not just how we want it, but like how yeah, we think it's going to go down. Going down. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. We're still doing stickers for shout-outs, so give us a shout-out. We'll send you a sticker. Dope Arena. And we will and merch. soon be, merch is coming out soon be launching soon. our new website, which will have an online store, which will possibly have shirts, long sleeves, oh, hats. Yeah. I can already tell our audience just got the chills. Fidget spinners with Phantom Rat logos. We're not, we're, not, we're not going there. We're not <laughs> I will going get there. that Phantom Just hat, though. <laughs> I will get that hat. Dude, All I'm going to cool. say is Phantom Rant friends font? Question mark? All right. It's been awesome, guys. Yep. It's been Play. fun. Oh. It's a good episode. Yep. Yep. Say hi, Alex. Alex, you want to say hi? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> she actually wrote the outline. Yeah, secret host. Alex, Alex is actually is Mr. Glass, and she's she Elijah is Pierce. the one who oh, has Price. brought us together and made this podcast. Wait, is it Price yeah. or Pierce? It's Price. Ah, dang it. It's not Prince. It's not Pierce. It's <laughs> it's just one word, Price. <sighs> I just think of Prince. So it's Prince. Cause it's not. Because it's so hard. I don't have any Fresh Prince. the purple. Anyways, boys. And as always... One last thing about Far From Home. <laughs> Did you guys see the Starks building is under construction? Or you oh. mean... Uh, what are the... What? Two things. Oscorp Tower. Yes. Or... Reed Richards. Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four Tower. Baxter organization. Baxter, Baxter building? Baxter, Baxter, Baxter build, building. Baxter What's building? Baxter building? So Fantastic Four. Okay. If that's they are able to lock down that deal with Fox before... Far I mean, from the home drops that could very well I mean, be already, the introduction to the third Fantastic Four. They're already working on it, bro. Fantastic Four in the MCU could be really this cool. Is, this I is, want this that to be the backstory. Yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Devin? I should probably I should probably hold this so you can like hit the. Oh no, it's fine. I'll just cut this out. Oh, okay. This will be our well, like. Uh, this is where the next Avengers thing is going. Originals are gone. The next up is the new Avengers. Who's left and. 
the X Men and Bad Fantastic one. Four. Which oh if I think Fantastic way, Four first. Yes, before bro. X-Men. If that's if, the, if that's actually the way they're going, I'm actually pretty excited for the future of the MCU. Oh you know? yeah, because then that means the MCU isn't just about the Avengers and just kind of watering down that superhero group, but it's expanding. I have so much hope for the casting of the Fantastic I'm Four. excited, and I'm also scared. John Krasinski, John Krasinski please. John Krasinski, let's go. I'm also Let's go. Oh, that would be, be really dope. And dude, I have no problem with Michael B. Jordan coming back as, <laughs> as Human Torch. Well, remember, Chris he's Evans actually going to come back really to life, too. and he's the one who's going to beat Thanos. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Killmonger. Yeah, that's you guys a, remember that? That's, that's, actually, too confusing. that's not even a rumor anymore. It's a guarantee. <laughs> it's already been confirmed by <laughs> the Russo brother brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming happening. back to life. And he's the new face of the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Not Spider Man. Ew. Yeah, who's Spider Man? Uh, Killmonger. So, yes. Killmonger's going to come back and defeat Thanos. <laughs> Dude, what with if the, the soul stuff. What if Infinity War is just all about trying oh, to revive Thanos? I totally forgot to post this. because I. <laughs> but the uh, the theory where like all six stones. Oh, yeah. Oh. Talk about it. So the Mind Stone is Tony. And the um, Power stone. Soul Stone and Reality Stone is uh, Iffy on uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. And the time stone has to do with Cap because he's, you know, a man out of time. And it's blue, uh, too. A Hulk is the power stone because he's literally, like, power. He's, ri- he's like, Where's wait, pur- where's purple jeans? And Thor is space because he literally comes from outer space. I mean, we're all from outer space. But, you know. 